Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Bev Lang first volunteered for the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras, then went on to chair Fair Day on the parade before five years on the board with three years as president. She also volunteered as a board director for a number of other organisations. Bev led the Bobby Goldsmith Foundation, was director of communications and major events for Transport New South Wales, and was the chief operating officer of Maclay College. She had a 15-year career as a consultant, and in July 2018, she joined Elder Abuse Action Australia as its executive officer. Thank you. Um, I was a fairly late bloomer in discovering my broader queer community beyond my immediate circle of friends and partner, who by some weird chance wearing the opposite colours. I've got black and white stripes, she's got black and white stripes, or I've got white and black, she's got black... Anyway, moving on. (laughs) 37 years fairly shortly, so you get that. Um, but finding Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras, which I'm going to abbreviate to Mardi Gras because just we'll be here too long, uh, was a life-changing experience, just like it's been for many people before me and many people after me. Uh, it was all-consuming, passionate and a vertical learning curve, to say the very least, full of experiences I'd never considered possible or even thought I could maybe do. I had little knowledge of Mardi Gras and all that it was. I was running a small photographic business in Balmain, little shop, processing films, and for those of you who don't know what a negative is, I processed films and printed people's photographs, sold frames, photo albums, and all the little bits and bobs that you sell in a photographic shop. Um, But wanting to connect to my broader community, I figured that it was a great idea to create a Uh, Gay and Lesbian Business Expo. Didn't really know how. Hadn't thought about the the how-to or the implementation. But I I trotted off down to the Mardi Gras offices at Rushcutters Bay uh, to meet Kath Phillips, who was the then general manager of Mardi Gras. From that conversation, I've only got 10 minutes, so I won't tell you the whole thing, but from that conversation, by the end of that week, I was looking after a fair day. Um, and bringing business into businesses into a fairly heady mix of community organisations, uh, Miss Fair Day and, of course, the dog show. Um, we've had a great niece and nephew staying with us over the last couple of days and trying to explain to them the joys of the matching human and dog outfit uh, was quite a lot of fun. Um, I took my love a fair day and uh, kind of added a bit of water, as, um, as Maeve alluded to. Um, but it was a time of just um, a tremendous growth for me and I, I certainly won't forget any part of it. Uh, so it's February 1996, the start of the festival. Free, gay and happy was our theme. 17,000 people on the steps of the Opera House to launch a month-long festival. 
Uh, it was my second public speaking engagement. Um, 50,000 people thereabouts, we don't count these things, but not, round things up to a nice big number uh, at Fair Day. Um, a month of lots of different queer, visual and um, uh, performing arts events, the community-owned Harbour Party down at um, First Fleet Steps, <laughs> Mrs Macquarie's point, uh, lots of community events like the Southern Cross Outdoor Group train ride um, and, of course, the Mardi Gras party. But more of that in a second. As the festival ran its course, I had two jobs. One as president of Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras and the other was running my retail little photographic business. At that time, digital photography was unknown. Smartphones, thank God, didn't exist. Uh, and, uh, and people used cameras to take photos. Uh, I'd worked in a number of photographic labs over the years and decided it was time to break out on my own, a few years before Mardi Gras. Um, and I thought Balmain was a great location. I'd lived in the inner west for a long time. It was a, was a pretty good place for me to connect. Uh, we printed photographs that encompassed all sorts of things, all the experiences people have in their lives, weddings, parties, anything and everything. Um, I had great customers and a very strong uh, gay and lesbian theme and contingent from the fairly early days, some of whom, including Seymour sitting down here making a bit of a racket, uh, I still have friendships with uh, now. Uh, in some respects, it felt like I operated at a, on a parallel universe, a very straight wedding business from Japan that had a, a routine of weddings every day, every day in Sydney, uh, men dressed in tuxedos and various things, the girls in the glamorous frocks, riding around Sydney in, in uh, Rolls Royces uh, and having their photographs taken in places like M Mrs Macquarie's Point. Each day they'd come in, I'd produce some proof prints, then they'd choose some enlargements and off we'd go, sort of three or four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon or any afternoon actually. The party's part was fairly predictable, birthdays and always other very ordinary things and very mainstream to a large extent. But the anything aspect of local colours work was quite the contrast. I'd often see John, and I've got a couple of stories to tell about that. I'd often see John come in on a Saturday morning with a roll of 12 exposure film. Over some months, John transitioned to Kate. I was privileged to get to know Kate as she came out to her workplace in the middle of Sydney, dealt with a breakdown of her family, and she was married and had three gorgeous daughters, uh, and that process didn't, just didn't work for them as a, as a group any longer. And through the, the various challenge that she, challenges she had in her new life. Kate was also, when she'd come in on a Saturday morning, we'd have long chats if I wasn't particularly busy. Uh, she was keen to understand more about uh, my community, uh, the role of drag queens, which was interestingly quite a challenge for her to reconcile. Uh, and she was quite um, cranky about the role, she, the role she thought drag queens played in our world. And I think most of us who've been around this community for a while know um, what drag queens bring, bring, do bring to our world in terms of their uh, sharp wit, their, their preparedness to come and tell stories that others don't and to raise money when others don't. Um, they've been the, the bedrock, particularly in the response to HIV. Um, one of the more interesting conversations I had with Kate was when she asked me about where she could get lesbian videos. And, and I said, why? 
And, uh, and she said, well, I've met a woman. And I said, oh, okay, that's, that's lovely. And, uh, and the woman had not slept with a woman before and Kate had not slept with a woman without a penis. Uh, so uh, I sent her up to the feminist bookshop. There wasn't much other option available at that time. Maybe not now still. That was, in fact, targeted to lesbians rather than straight men. Anyway, I won't get carried away with that. So the other story I have about um, local colour customers was uh, the ones that came to me from the tool shed uh, in both Darlinghurst and Newtown when it occurred um, because they, they couldn't send some of the films that I was getting to the local chemist. For those of you old enough to know that that's one of the places you sent your films... Uh, for for development. Um, and for those who don't know the tools shed, I've taken, a, I found an interesting quote from the Time Out magazine this afternoon. They describe the tool shed as one of Sydney's best and most aptly named adult stores. The tool shed serves up some of the most creative and imaginative objects destined for the orifice of your choice. <laughs> From mould your own pussy kits, kits, pussy kits, uh, and deluxe double-ended dildos through to porn classics such as Shaving Ryan's Privates. Um, I needed to be quite careful in processing some of these images as they rolled off the printer in the middle of the shop. Um, I simply applied a tea towel. It worked perfectly every time with a couple of pegs um, to... Uh, uh, to protect the privacy or the privates, perhaps, as uh, some of my, my customers. I was occasionally approached by people out and about thanking me for printing their pics uh, and without any censorship, because sometimes when they did go to the chemist, uh, some, some photos just didn't get um, printed. Uh, so it was a funny old time. But it's fair to say I learned a lot about a lot of things I hadn't expected to learn uh, about during that time. Uh, the connections created in my local community were definitely in parallel with my Mardi Gras immersion. It was, um, a, a, you know, such a, an eye-opening kind of shaking of the brain uh, time. But I do want to take you back to the party, as I earlier committed that I would. Um, party committee, so we're still February 1996. Party committee had organised for Thelma Houston to perform at the party. It was strongly suggested that I meet Thelma and her entourage at Sydney Airport late one, one evening uh, as part of the welcome to Mardi Gras. I'd never met a celebrity um, before and I didn't really know what to say or what to do, but all of a sudden uh, there I was in the back of a limousine with Thelma, her manager, one of her, her singers. Uh, they asked about Mardi Gras, what it was like. So I provided a bit of background on... I thought I'd go to the, the party, but I started with the protest, 1978, um, uh, some of our history and milestones since that time, the festival, the importance of the festival, uh, the funding of artists uh, to create queer work that spoke to us, by us. Uh, and I also then spoke about the party. So at that stage, the party had uh, Sydney showgrounds at, at, um, at Moore Park. We had three main venues, and they roughly accommodated 20,000 people spread across the site. 
1996. It grew a little bit beyond that point. Um, and that 8,000 people would be standing in the RHI Royal Hall of Industries, where you might have picked up your show bags <laughs> at the Easter show years before. Um, but, of course, none of you would be young enough for that uh, or old enough for that or whatever, whatever it is. Not good at maths. Um, they'd be waiting for Thelma to perform, and most of whom uh, would have been partying for quite some hours before she was going to walk out on stage. So we took Thelma, before the party began, obviously, we took Thelma and her crew to the Observatory Hotel, where, we, where they were staying, and uh, down on Kent Street. I think it's the Langham now, for anybody who's interested. And we were joined by my partner, Helen, uh, and some of the party committee, sitting in the foyer, having a couple of drinks, having a bit of a chat. Um, and at that time, I was really still quite nervous, and I was terribly thankful that I had a part partner who knew a lot about music. As she was chatting with Thelma about some of her albums, uh, it's fair to say Helen remembered more about Thelma's music than Helen than Thelma remembered of her music, um, and she was quite aghast uh, when she realised. Uh, that was Thelma, that is. Um, fast forward party preparations. During rehearsals, she was fantastic. Thelma was just beautiful with all these volunteers and people who wandered across the site, um, all the crew, the dancers. She was professional, she was generous and very kind and nothing was too much trouble. And something we find about performers is they're often like that. Um, it's often the managers of people that cause the most grief in preparing for something like this because most of Mardi Gras is done on volunteer time. Most people aren't paid. The actual week of the party, people get paid. The rest of the time, it's all volunteers and asking for favours. Um, uh, and nothing was too much trouble, as I said. Her performance of Don't Leave Me This Way, which I'm hoping some of you might remember. I don't know whether it's on the soundtrack, Maeve, but um, was beyond electrifying. We were standing on a little platform to the side of the hall, looking at it, just gobsmacked. She came out um, and put a little cape on, a little kind of lime green cape, and when she finished singing, she held it out and embroidered in what I'm assuming is diamantes, but this isn't my skill set, so I'll just, I'll just assume that's what it, that's what it was. Uh, sequence, yeah, that'll do. Um, and Don't Leave Me This Way was embroidered in the cape, and then she kind of, you know, kind of almost bat-like pulled the cape over her and walked off stage. So, you know, everyone's going crazy, lots of applause... I get, I've got a radio on, um, get a radio call that I have to come backstage. Well, okay, I was kind of a little bit nervous. Maybe a complaint coming our way or something that hadn't quite worked. Um, but put simply, she hugged me, thanked me for all of the experience she'd had in Sydney, Mardi Gras, all the team, the crew, they were just brilliant. Uh, it, was, it was beyond the experience that she'd expected um, and was so grateful for the invitation. And in fact, what a great Mardi Gras party it was. Um, I was gobsmacked, to say the very least. She then invited us to a show later at um, Pier 1, and I can't remember the club, and uh, we delivered a, a, a video of a video uh, in a, you know, one of those lovely little plastic <laughs> cases uh, to her, and, uh, and she performed... Uh, once again, again, kind of falling over herself to thank us for such a great experience. I kind of felt like it's always been useful to be a humble person and the more I get to hang around or got to hang around Mardi Gras, the most extraordinary people were also the most humble. Um, and 
I hope at times, most of the time, it's influenced the way I am. When I kind of started to write these notes, Maeve wrote back and said, I want you to talk a little bit more about what you did. And I kind of struggle with that a little bit. Um, but it has been a most incredible ride. Mardi Gras volunteering, um, which many people in this room, I, I expect, have done, is nothing other than an extreme sport that you really don't know you want until you're in there experiencing it. Um, but it's also a very rewarding one. It's changed my life. It's changed my career. Um, I don't do processing. I don't process film anymore. I do a lot of other different things, and, and most of that uh, started with Mardi Gras. Uh, we're a little bit late, but happy Mardi Gras. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Queer Stories on Patreon, where you can support the project for as little as $1 per month. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates, and follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.